does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. This morning on the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy. You know one thing that bothered me last night, KB? There's one thing that did bother me last night before we dive into some Pacer conversation. Louisville basketball? No, it had nothing to do with that. No, that, that didn't bother me at all. I had Notre Dame minus the one and a half. I, was, I knew how that was going to play it. I've seen that for two seasons. It's not that, but it does involve that game. How are you going to have my, my my man Tom Crean on that garbage Crean, Crean of a basketball a, game? Is Crean such a great color announcer? <laughs> he's, he's, he really is. He's Listen, I like him in studio. I like him when he's on games. He's knowledgeable. He's prepared. He's got a pretty good delivery. Well, he but, cares. Uh, I mean, like he, he does care. The, yeah, That man is very passionate. No, he's passionate. I like him a great deal. You know, we had him on, what was it, a couple weeks ago? Probably about a month ago. And he was fantastic. But I mean, he a, treated Notre Dame-Louisville like it was an actual game. Yeah. Well, which well, I'm like, thank you. Thank you for that. As someone that watches 40 minutes of Notre Dame basketball twice a week, thank you. Yeah, but I just like, come on, man. I know he's got to earn his, he's got to pay his dues and everything, but give my man Tom Crean a little, get him a South Carolina game or something. I don't know. Don't give him Louisville's one of the worst teams in D1 college basketball and Notre Dame. Yuck. Did I come see on. a tweet from you that Tom Crean to Louisville? Oh, no. Louisville fans think Tom Crean's the biggest bum ever. When they, when they, when they've had David Padgett, Chris Mack, and Kenny Payne. Uh, as head coaches since Rick Patino. Yeah. But the joke's on Tom Crean, not on them, of course. It's a lack of, you know, self awareness is what's Sh- going on there. Shout out to Adam. <laughs> we mentioned if you uh, run into AT&T issues this uh, morning, Adam goes, AT&T customer saw the SOS this morning, turn phone on or off or on off a couple times and it seemed to fix it. Well, interesting. Is this like blowing the cartridge of the video game I mean, back maybe in the day? I've I've restarted my phone twice and that has not worked. Well, so maybe. for whatever that's worth. Try it one more time okay. right here. All right, we'll do it. That's fine. I got no problem with it. Thank you, I've Adam. I've got no one who's going to call me anyway. For the, so. su- the suggestion there, again, some AT&T issues here for some people on this Thursday morning. Scott Agnes in less than an hour. We'll chat with him about, again, Saturday night, most viewed NBA All-Star Saturday night. I was a little surprised by that headline. I... Steph Curry, Sabrina Nascu, did that draw that many? I mean, again, I thought it was a great, um, you know, aspect of Saturday night. But I'm curious if Scott's got some more on that. And then Caitlin Clark in the building tonight in Bloomington. I hope she did not attend the game last night, or you know, have to watch that. Uh, but she will be in Bloomington tonight. Megan McEwen has called several of her games this season. She's going to join us in a bit. Is it like a foregone? I feel like we haven't had the. She's 1,000 percent going to the WNBA. I feel like we haven't talked about that very much, have we? But I, I mean, feel we like, have. I, I mean, nationally. I don't know. Maybe I'm like listening to the Iowa crowd chant one more year the other night. But boy, wouldn't that just be awful for the fever? Well, it'd be awful for the fever. I think with me is, do you want to move on? Even though the professional ranks, I know everyone's like, she's going to take a pay cut with NIL and everything. I but don't believe that. I, I don't believe that either. I don't either. think the Iowa City Farmers Market is all of a sudden paying her I totally agree. upper six figures. Yeah. And you know, I, I, what, when Nike I see Caitlin Clark brands, I yeah. see national brands that will... Can you imagine if she goes to WNBA and they're like, yeah, let's put her on Saturday night of the NBA All-Star Game. You don't think the brands are going to want that? Oh, yeah. Listen, I, I'm totally with you. And at some point, you know, 
Uh, is Van Wilder a musty term if I use that? You know what I mean. Everyone knows what I mean. <laughs> yes. The movie yeah. Van Wilder. Okay. Uh-huh. It, it, yeah, all of a sudden I have the urge to watch it. <laughs> yeah. It's a great movie. But Van Wilder, yeah, I mean, does she does she want to stay in college or kind of move on to the next, you know, chapter of her life? Plus, might be unfair to compare her, her to guy? Van Wilder. Her, uh, her yeah. boyfriend's here, right? Connor McCaffrey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I saw, didn't the star do a story on them? Maybe over the, the the around Valentine's Day about their love. Oh, wow. I think I saw that. It populated be to quite my the timeline. Pitch to the Pacers. Wow. We like to talk about one of your employees' relationship. <laughs> you know, we talked about it on the air, and I, I know my iPad and my iPhone heard that conversation because our electronics are listening to everything we do, and it started to, it started to populate Connor uh, and, and uh, his relationship with Caitlin to my timeline. So I'm going to say she comes out. I'm going to say she's going to be with the Indiana Fever next season. How about that? Well, I'd hope so. I, we could use it here. I mean, to me, it just seems like a foregone conclusion, but I, I don't know. Maybe Megan will have a little bit more on that. So she'll join us coming up at 9. All right, Pacers back in action tonight. They return from the All-Star break. Double-digit home favorites against the Pistons. You assume, with Aaron Neesmith already ruled out, that it'll just be Benedict Matherin sliding into that starting lineup? Well, that's what I want. I'm not assuming that. Who, but who else? Like, yeah, I know I, Jeremiah Johnson had mentioned, I don't know if he mentioned him as a starter, to be fair, but he threw out the name of Ben Shepard. Like, and this is what sometimes happens in the NBA. You get coaches that are so strict with their rotations. No, 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 we can't touch the second unit. We want the second unit guys to be kind of in their main roles. Let's take a fringe second unit guy, bump him all the way up into the starting lineup. But, I mean, unless you were going to go really big, and I and Jalen Smith's status is even up in the air tonight, unless you wanted to go like Obi Toppin at the three, I to me, Matherin seems like the only obvious answer. And then Doug McDermott would obviously play a little bit more off the bench. Yeah, he mentioned, he mentioned McDermott, but I cannot imagine, you know, he's had, what, two games, three games, under his belt, KB, that he's going to be starting. No, tonight, I think, and I think for me, maybe not you, but I know, listen, I know you're a Matherin fan. I think for me, the up and down few weeks he had with his injury, the illness, and kind of everything that went into right before the All-Star break, he got a couple days off, and he was one of, you know, he had, I know everyone's talked about, you know, Tyrese Halliburton and everything else. I thought Matherin had a very good All-Star break as well. You know, Friday night, Saturday night, I thought he kind of showed his medal, if you will, and we've been waiting for him to kind of, you know, hey, another chance to kind of be the guy now that Buddy is out, and I think this is another opportunity. I would start Matherin, and I think he should play over 25 minutes. Jaden Ivey's season has been, uh, you know, even off the bench early on. He had started some of the recent games here with Detroit leading into the All-Star break. If we did get Matherin in the starting lineup, that would be Matherin and Ivey, for those that have missed it. Uh, Friday night in the Rising Stars Challenge, uh, to say that those two, and Matherin being the instigator, to say that they were um, nose-to-nose a few times would be an understatement during the Rising Stars game. Uh, I believe Ivy's quote afterwards was, I'm looking forward to February 22nd. <laughs> well, here we are. So Pacers-Pistons on a random Thursday night, maybe not a ton of juice. We're going to get it with those two. They will be, I guarantee you, there will be at least one time tonight where they have to be broken up. What? Uh, and I'm fine with that. Yeah, but, the, but the key is when that happens, if you're Benedict Mather, make sure Isaiah Stewart is nowhere close. Oh, that dude's nuts, man. I'm scared of Isaiah Stewart. Isaiah Stewart, the man that punched Drew Eubanks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, that You don't want him close. Well, he, he Maybe did. James Johnson and Benedict Matherin tag team versus... Well, he does the dirty work Jayden in the pregame, Ivey, right? Isaiah Stewart. He's the pregame 
guy. Wow. He, he dirties I've it up there. I've seen him during the game look like an absolute rhino running after people on the <laughs> You floor. remember that. It's one of the, it's one of the great It's one of the wilder memes. clips. It's like I saw someone tweet out during the playoffs, this is how Isaiah Pacheco runs. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> exactly right. By the way, Ivy, their last game before the break. He was really bad, wasn't he? He only had two points in 15 minutes. Yeah. But otherwise, the month of February has been good to Jay. I mean, 28 points, 18 and 3, 37, 7 and 6, 26, 23, 15, 5 and 2. I mean, he's had a good month. He has. And he had really struggled month. in the first couple months of the season. Um, the other name I thought Jeremiah Johnson mentioned with us yesterday that I found interesting was, you know, and this would probably have to be Jalen Smith out tonight as well, which he's questionable. Would Jairus Walker find himself in the rotation tonight? You know, when you start to play the numbers game, remember Walker was on that West Coast trip with the G League guys, with the Mad Ants, last week when they had their health issues. You know, all of a sudden, if you don't have Smith and Jalen Smith, you're a little bit into, okay, what are your wings? You know, what's your 3-4? Yes, McDermott, maybe Shepard. Um, you know, certainly Obi Toppin. So that'll be something to keep an eye on um, tonight. I did want to play this. This is Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, with J.J. Redick. This is from, at, at this point, it's probably about a week old. But Andy, the old 65-game rule. It's obviously been a popular topic. We tossed it Adam Silver's way last week. I thought this explanation from Halliburton was interesting because now that the Pacers are back, Halliburton's got, I think, four games to play with with that rule here in the final 26 games of the season. I hear with Tyrese Halliburton with J.J. Redick. Did you feel like a sense of urgency to come back sooner than maybe? Yeah, no question. You did. Yeah, what? And then that... Not from like our medical staff, but or, or no, like for that. sure. But like from like a fifty-three million dollar incentive. Yeah, type what? <laughs> like I, I thought I was ready to go for the Portland game, and so did our medical staff. Everybody agreed, um, but I don't think it, if this was never the case, I might have been like another week. Yeah, maybe give it another game or two. You know, let me let me think more through this. Like, let's try to be one hundred percent. And even now with this whole, I've had a minutes restriction now for the last two weeks, yeah. and. It's what's the, your, what's your, it's a 25. It's changed. I mean, it started yeah. at 20 yeah. and then it's ramped up and it's been f- terrible. So I think I've just been, been frustrated by it completely, but I understand where the league is coming from. Listen, at the end of the day, I'm a fan of basketball. Like everybody is, we want the best players to play. Um, but realistically, like we talked about earlier, there's only a couple of us that, that this could hurt financially. You know what I mean? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I'm curious now we exit. Because I have a couple. Okay, Sunday, Monday, back-to-back. You've got a few back-to-backs coming up. Are, are we totally done? He's not on the injury report, Andy. First time in all February. He hasn't been on the injury report. Are we totally done with the Halliburton health? I agree with a lot of what he was saying. I understand the urge to want to come back. Like, that makes sense. We were at the Vogue on that Thursday night. He mentioned that, you know, that played into it. He mentioned that you know, even a little bit of the Siakam um, – played into it as well. So this is a storyline that I don't think is front and center here on February 22nd. But Andy, if something arises in the next couple of weeks, it becomes a topic again of does he get to 65 games and how do the Pacers handle him if another injury does arise? Hopefully it's not a storyline, but I just want to make sure we don't totally lose sight of it in case something happens. No, it's, it's a, it's listen, this is going to be some sort of a storyline every single season. Now, maybe not with Halliburton, obviously, but in the NBA, whether it be an award or a super max, it's absolutely going to be a conversation. Here's what, here's my biggest question. And this is, and I need your help with this. Okay. I'm trying to figure this out. 
Halliburton makes sure, and even in that clip and in others, to not throw the medical staff under the bus. As in an organization, they understand, and I think it's very goodwill by the Pacers to say, we understand that you can make a ton more money by getting the Supermax deal. I guess the other side would be, would he for sure make one of the teams, you know, the NBA teams? That would be a question. I still think he would, even though he's missed some time. But it's almost like no one wants to take blame, if there is blame, on, well, did they bring him back early? And if they did, how many times does a star player trump what medical may say? Does that make sense? Like, I'm I'm a little confused because... Everyone is kind of admitting now, okay, we brought him back early, but and, and then that maybe cost you, but that would be that would be denouncing the medical staff a little bit in, in all of that. Or did they say, you look good, you're good to go, let's see what happens. I guess I'm a little fuzzy on kind of the chain of command here on how he came back. Does that make sense? I don't well, quite understand it. And that's the difficult nature with, I think, the star players in the smallish markets, is that oftentimes you probably sit there and you'd be like, gosh, we got to keep him happy. And, and, and it's delicate. Now, when it's player health, I would like to think you would, and the player would want to opt on the side of caution. But again, when you've got this rule out there, I, I, I can put myself in Halliburton shoes, not really, but maybe a little bit, and say, okay, I get why he would want to be out there. But remember, if you go back you know, a month now, a month and a half, Andy originally, what did Woj say? In approximately two weeks, he'll be reevaluated. And then he was back out playing in like 11 days. So not even the reevaluation. It was, no, he, he's back out playing in 11 days. So again, for tonight and you know, potentially Sunday, Monday, when you get to that back-to-back, I don't think it'll be an issue. But you know, I'm sitting there Sunday night at the All-Star game, and all of a sudden, I look down on the East Bench, and I mean, he's wearing one of those little back pads. Oh, sure. Remember, I mean, yeah. a, a kind of a little back thing also yep. popped up um, on the injury report. So again, he's off the injury report for now, but I just think that's something that we've got to keep an eye on if anything happens here in the final. Yeah, like I'm not games. trying to question the medical staff, but I think you almost have to kind of question how the decision was made, and if they went in thinking, okay. We think you're good enough to play here, but there is a negative side of all of this. The other thing I would say would be, remember, in the rule, there's the threshold that he needs to play 20 minutes. So you mentioned in a game for it to count as a game, right? Right. Per the NBA, that might be your answer on a back-to-back. They did that a couple times, remember, they played him 20, 22 minutes where it counted as a game, and I don't think that was a happenstance. I think they knew what they were doing. Yeah, again, I believe there's just been one back-to-back for Halliburton since all of this um, unfolded, and that would have been la- or probably about two weeks ago now. What it, uh, Was it Kings and Knicks, I want to say, was the back-to-back, and he was 21 minutes in each of those games. Now, again, since then there's been the uptick in the minutes restriction. He played 34 minutes against Chicago or against Charlotte and Toronto, closing out the first half of the season. So just some stuff to keep an eye on as we get started here with the final 26 games of the season. All right, on the other side, it has gotten pretty darn embarrassing in Bloomington. Uh, What should be the big picture conversation down there? We'll hit on that next. Nine o'clock hour. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, 
and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Here to round things out, again, for anybody that has uh, been up here on this Thursday morning, AT&T carrier issues abound across the United States. Sounds like a lot of major cities, too. Uh, we've run into that a little bit here from a phone standpoint. And so if you're dealing with that, uh, Wi-Fi phone calls, Mark, uh, that is yep. not the right. Is that the Wi-Fi right? Wi-Fi calling is apparently what unlocks Scott Agnes's phone. So. Okay, so Scott, uh, we pushed him back to 930. Andy Sweeney battling a voice here on this Thursday morning, gutting it out with us. Let's head to the Payless Liquors hotline and one who has seen quite the act that is really dominating the sports headlines uh, and continuing to, and might call Indianapolis home coming up here in a few months. Uh, our next guest, I guess, used to call Indianapolis home. She is now Megan Wallace, better known, I think, to our audience as Megan McEwen from her time here at Wish TV. Megan, good Thursday morning to you. Hey, how are you guys? We are wonderful. You are currently en route where? Uh, I am en route on I-80 in Pennsylvania. It's the worst drive in America as I head from New York to Penn State. Now, I thought you... So you've got the call for Ohio State-Penn State tonight, is that correct? That is correct, yes, on Big Ten Network. Before we get into Caitlin Clark, before we get into what's going to happen in Bloomington tonight, because you've called several of her games this season, I must commend you. I love your... I, I, it shows you how... Um, I'm very uh, not technologically savvy. Did you do a reel the other day of your favorite Big Ten cities? Is is reel the right phrase of that? That is the right phrase. And I got to tell you, what's funny is I uh, I do our digital content for Big Ten Network, but it's like one of those things where I shoot it and like the younger, much more talented social media people put it together. <laughs> I have never been bullied or trolled harder on the internet. Than I was when I put out my personal favorite Big Ten cities. Now, People oh are boy, brutal, man. I, I I had a feeling <laughs> that that might happen. I've been to I don't know. I've probably been to over half of the Big Ten cities. You obviously, as someone that calls a lot of Big Ten games, you've been to all of them. For those that missed it, maybe give us a Cliff Notes version of your top five. Um. What did I have in my top five? Well, number one was Evanston because I went to Northwestern. My parents are there. Sorry, I like to go see my parents, everybody. Um, number two, I think I had, uh, I may have had Lincoln, Nebraska high. I love going to Lincoln. Here's what my criteria was, guys. It was basically like how easy is it for me to get in there from an airport? How could I get to the rental car facility at the airport? Is there a good coffee shop somewhere? Like These were not high-level um, you know, intellectual reasonings necessarily. It's just what I enjoy. I had Indiana because I love how you can walk everywhere in Bloomington. 
Um, I love going to college parks. I grew up in the DMV, and I can see my family. And I had one more that was controversial that people got mad about. I can't remember now. Minneapolis, because it's the best airport in America. Outside of Indianapolis, I do love the Indy Airport, but Minneapolis' airport is also excellent, and it's a Delta hub. Yeah, travel takes can get really hot takey. I I could see where those would be out in full force attacking you on... My thing with this, everybody was mad that I didn't have Madison, Wisconsin in there. And my beef with Madison is they can't park anywhere. Yeah, I do so remember now parking being an issue when I when I went to an IU-Wisconsin game back in the day. What about Iowa so City? I actually liked Iowa City when I when I, when I I came there. I like Iowa City. It's uh, We always stay in Coralville, which is great if you're just like headed to like either Carver, Hawkeye, or um, football games. It's fine. But, uh, I mean, Iowa City is cool. Again, I'm a parking person. Not a lot of parking there. So that's, uh, that's where my beef comes, and people are very offended by, by this. She is Megan Wallace. Again, <laughs> Megan McEwen to our local audience who's at Wish TV. Megan, how long were you at Wish? At least a, a couple of years, right? <laughs> Say it again. We're losing you. No, boy. Oh boy! Did the uh, did the AT and T get her? No, that's I think the, it might be the drive. That's the drive through Pennsylvania from New York to what? Where'd she say Penn State? That's where she's driving. State College, yeah. Oh, that sounds miserable. It's got to be a brutal. It's got to be brutal. Cold. Is it snowy? Middle of nowhere. We oh, are. Yeah. We are living in the Stone Age here on this Thursday morning with our technological advancement. Well, I'm surprised we've had like. <laughs> It sounds like we've had everybody listening like normal, though. For full transparency, what's funny behind the scenes is, okay, so, you know, I don't have the phone or anything because I'm the ATT SOS. And then uh, within our company, we had to reset some passwords. So I did that. And, of course, I'm the I'm the one jackass who has an issue with it. <laughs> so right now, I have no login to anything. I have no company email. I can't get into my company computer. I can't do anything. So I, ha- I have only – thank God my iPad is still working and is good to go. And and we haven't been able to get a guest on until 9.05. Yeah, it's been a struggle bus for us here <laughs> on this I have no voice. Thursday morning. Mark Dykton has efforted Megan Wallace back on the uh, Payless Liquors hotline with us here. Megan, how many Caitlin Clark games have you called this season? Did we lose her? All right, so oh, we're striking man. out again. <laughs> the effort here could not be higher. <laughs> we're doing. Are we IU in the first half oh, last boy, night? We're, we're fifty. What was it? Fifty-one thirty-one uh, at halftime. Well, I was going to ask her what's the most underrated part of Kaylin Clark's game, like the part of her game that we don't talk about. We know she can pull up from you know thirty feet from the logo and knock down a shot. She's got a great handle, but what do we not talk about well, with her game? Well, I think honestly, it, it's a bit similar to Steph Curry in that, like the handles and the movement off the ball and that aspect to it. Uh, third time's a charm, Mark Dykton. Oh, here we go. Megan, can you hear us? I thought that you guys just got mad at me again for saying <laughs> I didn't like Madison Wisconsin. Well, we had the West Lafayette crew chime in and, you know, that you didn't have them very high on the list and they all of a sudden decided to cut the cords here. Uh, how many Caitlin Clark games have you called this season, Megan? Oh my goodness, six? How would you just, how would you, and I guess how many home versus away? I mean, have you done away games with her? I assume you have. Yes. Yes. I've done a mix of them. Um, And it's absolutely insane to me how many people, one, know the name Caitlin Clark, and two, have this vested interest in what she's doing right now in college basketball. It's awesome to see as somebody who's grown up around women's basketball my whole entire life. Like, this has been amazing. Um, but it's truly 
wild, the fandom and the hoopla surrounding Caitlin Clark. The only thing I can equate it to, because I went to uh, the Eras tour a couple of times this last year, it's like people's love and obsession with Taylor Swift. It's absolutely bonkers. Like, you have young people and, and, and older people in these basketball stadiums crying when they see Caitlin Clark's presence. It is, it's insane. I've never seen anything like this before in college basketball. Yeah, we were rattling off some of the ticket prices for tonight. And obviously, IU's got a great program. They're the best shooting team in the nation. Their fan base has certainly risen in recent years. But it is wild to hear some of these ticket prices. I mean, hell, if you just compare them to last night with the men's program. Again, Megan Wallace with us here uh, on the Payless Liquors Hotline. You hear her on a lot of the Big Ten women's games here. Uh, how would you describe Caitlin Clark like personality wise with her you know I feel like that's a popular question with like Steph Curry it's like okay you know such a great shooter and you see the warm-ups and you see all the crazy fans what is she like in um, maybe a quieter you know walkthrough type of setting when you've gotten the chance to talk with her Keelan Clark is such a good kid Um, I say kick she's you know 22 years old that's absolutely wild that she's handled all of this the way she has over the course of her career. But, like, I, I tell this story all the time. I called her first game ever on national television when she was a freshman. And this was back in 2020. So we're in the midst of COVID. We weren't even sure if there was going to be a season. And we have a Zoom call with her, Lisa Byington and I. And I was blown away by her maturity and poise on this Zoom call. My sister is the same exact age as Caitlin Clark. And I was like, how are you guys the same age exactly? She's really personable, very down-to-earth, and just kind of like, she's goofy, you know, has a big personality and uh, has really, I think, handled all of this so well, the way that you would would want someone to handle the spotlight that's been on her. Um, And ultimately, like, her teammates love her. And she's the type of player that, like, everybody... Like, you know, she, she does all the hype stuff. She hypes up the crowd. She's a trash talker. All those things, which, like, I personally love, and I think that's great. And you see it on the men's side all the time. Uh, but she is truly, like, the full package when it comes to somebody with the personality as well that can handle this type of spotlight. Megan Wallace with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. What's the, I mean, listen, we see if you watch her and if you even watch highlights, Megan, you know this, you see the deep threes, you know, she can pull it from the logo and knock it down. Her handle's great. We know that as well. What's the most underrated part of her game that we don't talk about? Her vision is unbelievable. Like, Caitlin Clark, well, one, two, twofold. Her rebounding ability, she's Leads the team or a second on the team in rebounds per game. It depends on the day with Hannah Stolke. But her ability to grab the board and then pass it up ahead 85 feet with complete accuracy is unbelievable. She plays with so much pace. Her passes have so much zip on them. She sees her teammates are open before her teammates do. And it's like that IQ and passing ability is what makes her so dangerous. Oh, and by the way, you can knock down 40-footers. You literally have to guard her the moment she steps over half court. The maiden name, Megan McEwen, probably will ring a bell to our local audience here. She was with Wish TV, uh, Megan Wallace now, and she's called several Caitlin Clark games. Again, tonight, 8 o'clock inside of Assembly Hall. Caitlin Clark and the Hawkeyes against Mackenzie Holmes and company as it's quite the matchup on Peacock at 8 o'clock. Again, Megan Wallace with us here 
on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Megan, do you get any vibe if she will indeed turn pro or not? You know, she's not indicating anything. So, uh, I, I mean, I've been asked this a ton. And in my personal opinion, I think he's going to go to the league. Um, I have no – I have not heard from her at all. This is just my opinion. Um, you know, she just – he's about to break Pistol Pete's scoring record in about a week and a half maybe. He has already gone to a Final Four national championship game. Her this year, the main group that she has played with over the course of her career – Kate, Mar- uh, Kate Martin and Gabby Marshall are going to be graduating. To me, she's accomplished everything she could possibly accomplish at this point in time, and it makes sense for her to go to the WNBA. I know people say the argument all the time, oh, the NIL deals and whatnot. Look, Gatorade, Nike, State Farm, those are just going to become endorsements when you get to the pros. So to me, it makes perfect sense for her to, to enter her name in the race uh, for the draft but, you know, we'll see. Crazier things have happened, and Iowa is a, is the place to be right now in college basketball. And she has certainly taken the state by storm and the country by storm, and she's selling out literally everywhere she goes. Yeah, I mean, hell, you were in the building the other night. That one more year, Chan, I felt like I was hearing it in Indianapolis with how loud it was from that Iowa faithful. Again, Megan Wallace with us. She's got Ohio State, Penn State tonight. Uh, but obviously a lot of eyes here locally will be down in Bloomington. I, I do want to ask about the Hoosiers. You know, right now, if you look at the Big Ten pecking order, Ohio State atop the conference. Uh, you've got Iowa in second, Indiana right there. Obviously, the first game really got away from the Hoosiers in Iowa City in this first matchup. Uh, what have you observed when you've seen IU this season? Uh, you know, obviously without Grace Berger, but you know, still certainly a team that looks capable of making some sort of run. Indiana was playing really well in January. Um, my goodness, I had their Michigan game back at the beginning of the uh, of 2024 where they made every single shot in the first quarter, literally shot 100%, 13 for 13 from the field. And Sydney Parrish was playing so well at that time. Then, unfortunately for the Hoosiers, she got hurt, missed a good month of the season. Now, she did come back and play in their last game against Illinois, which they lost, which was a surprising loss on the road. Um, they just could never really get things going in that game. But she appears to be back, and if they can get her going, Indiana can kind of get back into that, oh, they can win the Big Ten tournament conversation. Uh, but right now, you know, it's uh, they're so disciplined. Like, Terry Morin's one of the best coaches in the country, and her teams are always prepared. They're always disciplined. They always have um, a great scouting report and make great in-game adjustments. But Indiana has kind of struggled with some depth issues this year. Uh, and you kind of hope that they can stay healthy and figure it out as they head into late February, early March. Megan, what is it? We'll end with this, and thank you for the time. Thank you for multitasking here through the drive from hell, it sounds like, uh, with us on this Thursday morning. What's the one thing you miss about Indianapolis the most? Oh, Cafe Patachu, first off. <laughs> My favorite restaurant on planet earth um i talk about it all the time i actually live in new york now so like living in the big food city and i will still say cafe padu is my favorite spot uh to get breakfast so 
I miss that. But, you know, I miss, I miss the people. Like, shout out Anthony Calhoun at Wish TV and Ross Bowen, our producer. Like, I made some really great friends. Let's not feed uh, AC's ego any more than it needs to be. Hey, hey, look, that, that man is an indie legend. And, uh, you know, I just feel grateful that I was able to work in what people don't realize is one of the best sports cities in the country when it comes to, you know, Colts, Pacers, IU, Purdue, Indy 500. I mean, I will always love India. It's a special place in my heart. Well, Megan, congrats on your success. Certainly your background when it comes to the women's college basketball game speaks for itself and seems like you've really found a great niche with that, with what you're doing. Good luck tonight, not only with the rest of your drive, I guess, this morning, but with Penn State and Ohio State from State College. And uh, hopefully we can have you back on, certainly, especially if Caitlin Clark uh, ends up declaring and calls Indiana home. So thank you, uh, Megan. Thanks, guys. Always good chatting with you. Phone issues are different. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Times this morning, did a little AT&T carrier issue, but uh, Scott Agnes has rejoined us here. Before we get to Scott, I don't know, Scott's probably a good person to chime in on this. Um, got a message here from a fan that is heading to the game tonight. Just bought three tickets to see Caitlin Clark in Bloomington in Section F, that is Lower Bowl, um, $208 for three tickets. Oh, three for 208 Three for 208 Okay, that's not terrible. I mean, so, it's a lot of money, but that's better than two oh eight a piece. Scott, are them. you um are you an IU season ticket holder? Is that correct? Uh, in the family, yes. Do did you yeah. have access? So men's basketball tickets. Did you have access to try and buy IU Iowa women's tickets? Uh, they already have season tickets. So um, got it. Because if you didn't know, those helped your point system for men's basketball, just like football does. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, selfishly, I was kind of hoping that would fall on a night where you didn't have, um, you know, Pacers in action, <laughs> Purdue back in action, all of that. Again, Scott Agnes from Fieldhouse Files. Scott, let's begin with All-Star Weekend, the favorite thing you saw, and what issues did you hear from fans All-Star Game weekend-wise? Yeah, favorite thing had to be Thursday night, and no surprise it was the Pacers doing, um, because everything else about this last week was – the NBA fans may not realize, but like it is truly an NBA event. They have NBA events. People here two weeks leading up to the event. They've come in and check in months on end leading up to it. But Thursday night was all Pacers doing as they tried to kind of establish something new, much like uh, Indy did with the zip line and Georgia street and all of that to set a new standard. This is what the Pacers did. And there was a tip off party at Bicentennial Unity Plaza, just north of the field house. And I thought it was so incredibly well done. It, it touched all the right notes, both um, getting you hyped for the weekend, setting the tone for that. You have two stars and Mike Epps, the comedian actor, and then Tamika Ketchings, Hall of Famer, uh, MC the whole thing. Uh, my favorite part personally was when they brought out any player that had that was in attendance that had been there, and there were about two dozen roughly. Um, and, I mean – it was just an incredible sight in the memories that came racing back to you, I think, when this all went on. And then to top it off, they hinted at a major 
uh, you know, performance musically, and it was T Pain, and I thought he was fantastic for ten to fifteen minutes, and then to top it all off, which surprised me, I still have no idea how Doug Wycamp and all of them over there did this, but they blew uh, threw up fireworks right there uh, on the right by the field house, um, and I thought it was spectacular. So to me, it was Thursday night, and all the Pacers doing that was my favorite. And then on the flip side of that, any issues you heard from fans? You know, we had Chris Paul sure. on from Visit Indy yesterday. And guys, refresh my memory. Chris mentioned some of the long lines at U- Ubers the, at the convention yeah. center and then just some ride-sharing stuff. So getting into the crossover event, some longer <clears throat> lines, and then ride-sharing, you know, having specific kind of zones for that would be an area for improvement. Anything else that you heard from fans? For sure, yeah. There, there was definitely some negatives, starting with kind of the weather, how it disrupted everything. Um, they, they planned for some bad weather. I don't think anybody expected anything like we got, whatever. I think that was Friday, uh, where the steps at Lucas Oil Stadium, I was walking down slowly and gripping onto the, the guardrail or whatever, a handle rail. Uh, it was that slick. Um, so that was a concern. Uh, the long lines at the convention center, certainly on Saturday and Sunday, um, they, the convention space was twice the size of what they did last year in Salt Lake City. And inside, it was packed. It was busy. So I felt like that was more of an organizational issue and, and getting um, individuals in and out because there was only one entrance. I think that's something they should consider doing differently. Um, was it, it seemed like you had to enter, exit, and a special VIP entrance were all in the same spot, also where you bought tickets. So it was just congested. Uh, a negative side, too, was also when you're trying to walk maybe from the convention center south to Lucas Oil Stadium, there's that underground tunnel. Well, that was closed off for NBA personnel only. Uh, and so that forced everyone, media included, to go outside. Uh, I think that's something that, that could have been approved upon. Um, so there were a lot of great things, but I think all those things I touched on, plus the traffic grid within like two or three blocks, um, maybe that's unavoidable, just the sheer numbers. That were downtown. You're talking 100 to 125,000 additional people. Um, but otherwise, I would say it was a, a rather successful weekend for everyone involved. Again, he is Scott Agnes. You see his work over on Fieldhouse Files. He's with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Scott, we saw the NBA announce that Sunday, the All Star game itself. Um, up 14%. That's the lead item. If you read the fine print, it's the second least watched All-Star game in history. Then I saw yesterday that Saturday night over at Lucas Oil, the dunk contest three-point, Steph versus Sabrina, et cetera, et cetera. That was the most watched Saturday night ever. Did you see? I, I didn't like find many other details besides that. I just saw the headline. Is that, I guess, right? Uh, I feel like so. Let me let me see if I can pull that email up here um, that I got from all that. But here, here's my generic thing when it comes to all these ratings. They keep changing the way in way which they've captured, and I don't think anybody truly has a good grasp of what these ratings mean. Right? The big thing in the last couple of years, KB, has been the in uh, the out of home rating was also included in all that, which basically means you're going to get an automatic spike on all the numbers over the last couple of years. So um, it's very hard for me, even as a casual viewer who tries to study some of this, to make sense of what it actually means. Was it really up? Um, The other thing to keep in mind, too, is just so many of the bundles, right, for the weekend. So you had, I think, for Saturday night that you referenced, I think TBS was also broadcasting it along with TNT. Um, and, and, and then you can also stream it on, on HBO Max. 
It maybe was available on Bleacher Report. So it's also available on so many different platforms that help shape that number. Um, so it's, it's hard to really get a strong read on where that's out. They put it out at 11.6 million unique viewers, uh, which I would say that seems good. Um, considering I thought it'd be more like four, five, six million. Um, as it mentioned, the game averaged 5.5 million viewers uh, up last year. So uh, I'm kind of indifferent on this, I guess, is what I'm getting at here, KB, just because I feel like I've never trusted ratings. This goes back a couple decades. Like, I've never been, you know, uh, carrying around one of those old school uh, reporter things that keeps track of what I'm viewing. Um, I'm very skeptical about them. But if they say they're up, I take it with a grain of salt here. Tucking some Pacers All-Star Weekend and everything else. Scott Agnes with us here. Fieldhouse Files. He joins us on the Payless Liquors Hotline. We already know for tonight Aaron Neesmith uh, is going to be out. Who do you think starts and rotation-wise? How do you think him being out changes things up tonight and maybe a few games down the road here? Yeah, it, it would seem that he's going to miss a short amount of time. Um all, the biggest update we got, which I included in my story, was from Rick Carlisle's segment uh, right here on your guys' show. So I thought that's where we got kind of the most thorough update. Um, it kind of resembled what they said about Tyrese Halliburton. I thought that, hey, we thought it was going to be way worse. We're glad he's in good shape. It's gonna miss, he's going to miss some time. Um, but we initially thought it was really bad. So that suggests to me that it's probably a couple-week type injury. And now – Moving forward, you could go several different ways. I think you could go with Matherin. Uh, you could try to throw Doug McDermott out there. I think Matherin probably seems to me to be the most likely candidate, um, especially coming off his big weekend that he had in Indy this past weekend. By the way, in this game, too, that would make it all more fun, too, because of the little back and forth oh, yeah. that I think will mm-hmm. always be there <laughs> between Matherin and Jaden Ivey. I, I was talking with um, Ivy afterwards, and he was like, yep, not surprised at all with that competitiveness. I like it, but nope, that's, that's just him. I don't mind the talk. And and I don't know if viewers or your listeners knew this. Jaden had no clue that Matherin was mic'd up. So when Matherin was talking all that, right, saying, you can't guard me, you can't guard me, and we could all hear on the broadcast, uh, Jaden was not aware that it was going out to everyone like that. So I thought that was noteworthy. Yeah, we almost need Bally to have a side camera tonight with Matherin and Ivy. At all times. Again, Scott Agnes with us here from Fieldhouse Files. Uh, Scott, national TV announcement yesterday by the NBA. Pacers, Pelicans flexed to ESPN. They removed um, the Grizzlies, T-Wolves off of that. Remind me again, this is relatively new, right? The flexing of these kind of late season games. Because, I mean, honestly, I think the Pacers might be a candidate for you know, some other games. Just considering with you know the in-season tournament and you know, obviously Tyrese Halliburton's presence. Yeah, that's one of the, the, the main things I think you'll see is here late in the season. Is, and for the Pelicans, too, with Zion, they're always a, an, att- an attraction, right? Um, one of the big things they added in the last couple of years was more so, I think, for that Saturday night game, which was uh, after uh, college football. So after the college football season, you had that Saturday game to flex in. I believe they've been flexing these kind of late-season dates for at least, a, at least several years. Um, but it makes all too much sense because – it's hard to prognosticate, you know, back in August, you know, what are the Lakers going to look like? What right. are the Knicks going to look like? It's your automatic teams. And then on top of that, you'll have a couple surprises. Maybe Miami has a good year. Maybe they don't. And so is this is a perfect situation considering how, how Memphis has had an awful year and so many injuries um, that says, yeah, we're good. Let's rather 
show uh, two more impressive teams. And so uh, that was updated a couple days ago, which is a great addition because this becomes the Pacers' second nationally televised game if you don't include the in-season tournament. Again, before the season, the Pacers for the third straight year were given just one national TV game. So this becomes number two, and it becomes their first at home this season. Scott Agnes with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Last one for me, Scott. I'm just interested in you following this team for, for many years, um, whether it be our air, the Indy Star, a couple different other places. Jermaine O'Neal in town. Jermaine O'Neal opening up about his time as a Pacer, um, obviously opening up about the, uh, the, you know, the fight there, the malice in the palace. What do you make of his relationship with the Pacers and kind of what he's been through for the better part of 20 years, separating himself from basketball and now coming back around. I think a lot of people uh, were happy to see him back in town this past weekend. Yeah, absolutely. And the growing sentiment um, from fans, too, is, hey, we want to see Danny Granger. Where's he at? Uh, he was one of the, the the key figures during a run, kind of right after the brawl uh, years, that held the franchise up until Paul George and, and kind of he kind of took the mantle um and became the face of the Pacers there. And so that's one guy a lot of fans would like to see. I, my one disappointment, if anything, guys, during All-Star break or All-Star weekend was the lack of uh, accessibility trying to get to so many of these alumni. I would have loved to caught up with many different ones, but sure. there just wasn't an obvious chance there. We did get Reggie Miller in a hotel ballroom for about 40 minutes, uh, which was fantastic. And the trouble, as you would imagine, is there's just so much going on. You don't have time to – get to all of it uh, with just event after event. So there's still uh, kind of that Q&A to come that I'll be writing. But in terms of J.O.'s relationship, yeah, it's, it's you could you could always tell, not Rocky, but there was always something more there. Uh, I think it, uh, it's improved, certainly, with Ron Artest, Meta World Peace over the years. Um, something very special happened Thursday night um, at the, the Commission Row, and that's where they had an alumni party for everyone that was in town. And that was uh, kind of before that, I think it was before that tip-off party right outside. And Donnie Walsh was there. So many of these alums are there, which was spectacular because uh, I think over the last couple of years, we've seen the Pacers make a pointed effort to get their alumni more involved. You're seeing them wish them happy birthday on social media. Just little things like that. Roy Hibbert uh, was involved during opening night. I, I think he, he did the rev it up, for example. So many little things like that. And in terms of J.O., there will always be kind of that black mark over um, the group that was involved in that team. And, and, and talking with J.O. a couple of years ago when he was back here, uh, for what it was the first time in a while, you could tell – he had more to say, and so that's why he worked and tried to get that Netflix documentary up because he felt so much of the coverage and everything was just so one-sided, uh, the harsh penalty from David Stern and such. So he worked tirelessly on that, trying to show separate interviews and trying to say, hey, look, um, during like the deposition or whatever, like they weren't showing the, the security f- footage. But guess what? I have all the security footage. So. I think that's something he's had to wrestle with for the last couple of decades since it's happened is clearing his name a little bit. Um, but here in Indy, he should realize like he is so appreciated, probably not to the, like he said, even to the extent that he deserves. Um, I, you know, there hadn't been a banner uh, and a number retired mm-hmm. up top in, in, in years outside of Tamika catchings on the women's side. Um, you start to wonder is, should there be a, another one? Some might say you go back retroactively and add, 
uh, a couple names from decades in the past, yet at the same time, I just want to make sure J.O. gets his due because he was one of the best players during his time. I think he finished MVP second uh, one year. And so I hope they're making amends a little bit here um, because he definitely deserves his due. Scott, uh, we only got about a minute left, but uh, it sounds like the latest updates on Scott Pollard and his heart transplant continue to be positive. Yeah. That, again, another underrated story um, that came out of All-Star Weekend because it was going on simultaneously. I'm glad you asked. And I appreciate his wife, Don Pollard, who's been providing social media, media updates uh, across the board. But apparently he's moved off of ICU floor. Uh, he, in the last couple of days, he's gotten on walks outside. He's seen the sunlight for the first time in three weeks. I don't think people understand how, how bad a shape he was. Like, he couldn't walk, uh, I think, like 20 or 50 feet without stopping to get a breath. Um, so, fortunately, he was finally able to get that heart transplant and seems to be doing well, according to his wife. So that's fantastic. Yeah, great to hear that, because certainly a scary, scary situation for him. Scott, great stuff all weekend long, man. I know it was super busy for you. Uh, you're outstanding per usual with your all-star coverage. And uh, as always, thank you for the time, man. All right, guys. Thank you. Appreciate it.